All right. Good morning, Crestview family. Welcome to Crestview Baptist Church this very first Sunday of 2024. I am uh, glad to have you here today. Uh, thank you for choosing to come worship with us. If you're a guest or a visitor for, with us for the first time, we'd love to have a record of that. Um, there's some cards in the pews. If you could just fill one of those out, drop it in the offering plate, just so we can get to know you a little better. That's all that's for. Um, a couple announcements. I'm excited to say we are back to our normal schedule as of this week. Uh, Wednesday night services. Um, as of right now, um, we're going we're gonna to pick back up youth and children at 6.30 on Wednesday nights in the building. Adults up here. Uh, I'm looking forward to that. Um, and I'm looking forward to what this new year has to offer. There's not a whole lot going on this week. Um, just um, Saturday, Terry Pendleton has asked if anybody could come out at 10 o'clock Saturday, uh, assuming the weather cooperates, we're going to take up the luminaries. So that's 10 o'clock on Saturday. Um, but like I said, there's not a, I don't have a whole lot of announcements right now, but if you'll just keep your ears and eyes peeled because those things will start popping up as, as I'm looking to some exciting stuff as we go into this new year. Um, I don't think, Joey, do you have anything? Joey doesn't have anything to say. I'm, gonna... I'm sorry. Oh, I'm sorry, Joey. I'm just kidding. I like picking on Joey. That's one of the, my, what's one of the fun reasons of being here. Um, I get to pick on Joey. Well, I am going to go straight into our pastoral prayer this morning. As you can tell, I am not Artie. Um, he is in Tennessee this morning with Ginger's family, and uh, he will be back in town uh, tomorrow, I believe. Do what? This afternoon. He'll be back in town this afternoon. So uh, church office will be running like normal this week. And uh, Artie will be back next week. Um, so what I want to do is I just want to let's bow our heads. And let's open us up in prayer this morning. God, I come to you this morning. This very first day of this new year. And I'm just so grateful and thankful that I get to be in your house today. And I'm grateful and thankful that I get to fellowship with your family, with my church family this morning. Lord, as we worship through song and through words today, Lord, and I just pray that every word we speak, every song we sing, Lord, that has your blessing upon it. Lord, as I speak and I just pray that I don't speak my words, Lord, that it's your words that come out of my mouth. Lord, there's a, I know there's a lot going on in our church family. I'm sure there's sicknesses and uh, surgeries and things that I don't know about right now, Lord, but I, I just pray that your hand is felt on every situation, every sickness, every surgery, every hurt, every pain in our congregation across this church. Lord, that is, and that we put our trust solely in you. Lord, as we go into, our, into this new year, Lord, help us to evaluate our lives and look at things that we may need to change for you, some things that we may need to do different, things that we're just quite not up to par on, Lord. I just pray that you break our hearts and uh, open our minds and open our hearts to, to be able to accept and to 
take those things into our life. Lord, I love you and I praise you and I just ask you once again that your hand will be on this service today. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Let us stand as we worship through singing hymns to our Lord and Savior. 379, brethren, we have met to worship. 379. <clears throat> Let us pray. Our Heavenly Father, we do thank you for this beautiful day. We thank you for our many, many blessings. And I pray now that you'll take this gift that we have given, bless it, and bless the giver. For it is your holy name, Jesus, that we pray. Amen. Would you stand again as we continue to worship through hymns? 384, The Bond of Love. 384. <coughs> Oh, my God. 
down this morning. I got a couple. How's it going, guys? You guys have been ready for the new year? Well, as we go into this new year, I want to talk to you guys about fruit. Is that a weird thing to talk about? What's your favorite fruit? You know what it is, but you forget. A green pepper is not a fruit. Fruits are like apples and grapes and bananas. Bananas. All right, well, you think about it. You tell me in a minute. All right, you know what it is. Pomegranate. What kind of favorite fruit is that? My goodness. I like it. I mean, that, that is that. Okay, I'll give you a five on that one. No, no, I five. All right, so fruit. So why am I talking about fruit at church? We don't, we don't talk about fruit at church. Well, we do, actually. Because the Bible talks about fruit. Did you know that? But it talks about a different kind of fruit. It talks about fruits of the Spirit. Have you ever heard of that before? Fruits of the Spirit are things. So let's think about this. So I'm going to plant a plant out in my yard. And I have to plant a seed, and it has to grow up. And then what comes out of the ground? The main vine comes out of the ground. And I have to water it. And I have to take care of it. And I have to keep all the weeds away. What happens if I don't do that? It's going to die. It could shrivel up. It may not get as big as it needs to be because the weeds take away the nutrients. All right. And so we bear fruit. Did you know you could bear fruit? The Bible says we bear fruit. But our fruits come from God. Our, our fruits come not from water and weedy, weeding, weeding around us and uh, things like that. Our, our fruit comes from our relationship with Jesus Christ. And those fruits are this. Listen to this. Um, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. Against such there is no law. That's Galatians 5.22. These are fruits that we bear when we have a good relationship with Jesus Christ. We do things like we love others. We have joy in our life. We have peace in our life from God. Um, and all these other fruits. Self-control, that's a big one. Like if somebody comes up to you and says something mean to you, it's hard not to say something mean to them back, right? And so that's self-control. And so what I want to encourage you to do, and so we're going to talk about over the next couple weeks when I'm with you guys, is we're going to talk about these fruits individually. And we've done that before, but we're going to do it again because these are important. So but what I want to encourage you to do in 2024 is to bear good fruit. It means grow good fruit. Grow things like loveness, love, love, kindness, not loveness, gentleness, those things, okay? Because this is a command, this, this is straight from God's word. Let's bow our heads and you guys can go out in a few minutes for Children's Church. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for a new year. We get to look at our lives and maybe things that we want to fix, things that maybe we're not doing that you would have us do, God. Help us as we go into this new year to bear good fruit, to, to have our roots firmly, to, 
to plant it firmly planted on in you, Lord, and that we, and that as we grow, we grow good fruit. And we depend on you for everything. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. All right, guys, have a seat.
Hello again. Come on. As um, get started today, I want to go back a little bit and talk about, I have said the word, I talked about evaluating ourselves a couple times um, with them with, in my prayer. And so what I got to think, and so what is an evaluation? An evaluation is when we take time to step back and look, we examine the things going on in our life. Not necessarily because we're doing anything wrong, because we all need to take a, take a step back every once in a while and evaluate what we're doing. And, um, and so I was thinking about things that we could look at in our life, things that maybe not us specifically, we, maybe not things that we, we have any issues with, but things we need to step back and look at. And... Um, and so when you evaluate something, you have to have a model, right? You, like if we're evaluating ourselves and the fruits of the Spirit, we look at Jesus and who Jesus was. And, um, and so the title of today's sermon is The First Church. And so what I wanted to do today was I wanted to look back at some characteristics, some qualities of the first church so we can take a step back and look as we go into this new year, because the new year is the best time of any to, to evaluate our lives, to evaluate things we need to look at. And so I wanted to look at characteristics of the, of the very, very first church. Uh, the very, very first church uh, that we're talking about starts in, Acts, in the book of Acts. Uh, we are going to read some scripture at this time. So if you would, please stand and we are going to read Acts chapter 2. Verses 41 through 47, but our, our, we're going to be really focused on verse 42 today. But this is the whole section. So um, it says, And then 
those who gladly received his word were baptized that day. About 3,000 souls were added to them. And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, in fellowship, in the breaking of the bread, and in prayer. Then fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done through the apostles, who all believed, who all who believed were together and had all things in common. And so they sold their possessions and good and divided them among themselves. So they continued daily with one accord in the temple and the breaking of bread from house to house. They ate their food with gladness and simplicity of hearts, praising God and having favor with all people. And the Lord added to the church daily those who were being saved. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you again for allowing me to be here to speak today. Thank you for uh, all your wonderful blessings. Lord, I pray that as I speak today, that I speak your words, Lord, and not my own. Lord, as we go into this new year, Lord, help us to maybe step back and look at things in our life that uh, not just here today, just in general, things that maybe we need to do better or things we need to do less of or do more of, Lord, just as we go in, it's a, it's a great time to start, in, to start something new. And I just pray that in, in 2024, we can grow closer to you than we have ever been before. All this I ask in the name of your son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Thank you. As I went through this, now I said I want to I focus on Acts 2.42. So I'm going to read that again. I read that because this was... After the receiving of the Holy Spirit, and um, that was Peter's sermon, and there were 3,000 people saved. So this is the beginning of the church. This is the first, the, 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 first, the beginning of things. Um, and uh, 242 says this, listen to it again. And they continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine, and in fellowship, and in the breaking of the bread, and in prayers. And so, um, different uh, versions. I use the New King James Version. Uh, I was looking through different uh, versions of the thing. And uh, one of the versions, instead of saying, as they continued steadfast, as they continued steadfastly, it said, they devoted themselves. So this started with, and had to have, devotion they had to dedicate what they were doing to these things and so i found in just in that that one short verse i found four characteristics of the first church that made it so powerful so awesome and amazing and and grow in ways that we can't imagine um the first one that i want to look at it says they devoted themselves to Scripture. It says, actually in this New King James, it says, they devoted them, They continued steadfast in the apostles' doctrine. That's the Scriptures, the, the Bible that we know. They didn't have the Bible that we have then. They couldn't open their King James version of the Bible and, and look through it. They were still using scrolls. And uh, so they, were, they devoted themselves to the Scripture. And why did they devote themselves to the Scripture? Because the scripture is so, so important. 
I found uh, Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 3. Um, it says, So he humbled you, allowed you to hunger, and fed you manna, which you did not know, nor your fathers know, that he might make you know that man shall not live by bread alone, but man lives by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We find we go we, we go through this world and we try to find comfort in lots of things. And uh, the Israelites here, they were in the desert and they were hungry, and they were trying to find food. And then when they found food, they weren't happy with it after a while. They got tired of eating it. And this was come, but this was so they would understand that. Food is not all that they needed. They needed the Word of God. The Word of God sustains us. It keeps us going. It keeps us fresh on a daily on a daily basis. It is something that never grows old and out of date. It is something that is always relevant in our lives. Um, I thought I marked this, but maybe I didn't. Matthew, in the book of Matthew. Jesus used this scripture when he was in the desert being tempted. Um, when the devil came to Jesus in Matthew 4, uh, starting with verse 1, it says, When Jesus was led up to the, by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil, and we had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, afterwards he was hungry. Now when the tempter came to him, he said, if you are the son of God, command that these stones become bread. And so Jesus used scripture because Jesus was devoted to scripture. Jesus used scripture to turn the devil away, to defend himself against the devil. In verse 4 it says, he, but he answered and said, it is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. The first church devoted themselves to the reading of the scripture. Now, I, don't, I can't even imagine what that, these guys probably, I'm sure they had times where they would just come and, I know they did, they would have to just come and sit together in church and somebody would just stand up and read the scripture. Now, for us today, like for a little while, we would probably be sitting here and we'd be okay with that. But after a while, the way our minds work today, we'd probably get bored with that. I think we would. But so God's word is important, though. We can't live by bread alone. We can't live by the things of the world. When it says bread alone, the things of the world, yes, we need those things to sustain us, but that's not all we need to live. We live by the word of God. Um, John, in the book of John, tells us how important the Word of God is. Listen to this. Because the Word of God is not just this. The Word of God is, is Jesus. Listen to this. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was in the beginning with God. All things were made through Him and without Him. Nothing was made that was made. That's how important the Word of God is. Listen, it was there in the beginning. 
This is, this is the Spirit. This is, this is everything. Yeah, you say, well, I've got to have other stuff to live too. Yeah, we, gotta, we, need, we have necessities in our life. But if it all came down to it, the Word of God is enough. That's what made the very first church grow. That's one of the things they devoted themselves. They devoted themselves to Scripture because Scripture was enough. Look, the second thing they devoted themselves to. Same verse, Acts 2.42. And I'm flipping all through here today, so just bear with me. Again, after it says that they devoted themselves to the, the, the apostles' doctrine, it said they devoted themselves to fellowship. What does that mean? Fellowship. They weren't just hanging out with anybody they wanted to. They weren't just hanging out with, listen, it. Jesus did go out into the world and put himself with sinners. That is an important part of being a Christian, to put ourselves with sinners, to, to be out there and to, to live in that and to lead them to Christ. But it is important that we align ourselves with other Christians, other people of the faith. We need it. We thrive by it. People help you. People keep you accountable. They help you grow. They, they, they keep you on a path to say, you can go, good Christian friends, or somebody you can go to and say that I'm struggling with this sin, and they don't look at you and judge you for that sin, but they look at you and they say, I want to help you with this sin, and they hold you accountable. When they see you stumble off the path, they're the friends that pull you to the side and say, hey, I need to work on this. I see you going this way, and that's okay. But if the farther and farther you keep going, you're going to end back up where you started and where you didn't want to be. Um, fellowship was so important in the first church. I'm going to look at 2 Corinthians 6.14. says this. I think this is the right verse. No, that's not the right verse. Oh, that's 1 Corinthians. That's, that's not the right verse. Sorry about that. I thought I was in the right chapter. 2 Corinthians 6.14 says this. Do not be unequally, unequally yoked together with unbelievers. For what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? Come together. Be sure you're coming together with believers. They should be your main friend group. Your main people that you're hanging out with is believers. People who are equally yoked with you. People who believe what you believe. They keep you on the right track. I struggle with this. He's not here. I'd pick on him. My son, I've told him, I said, I, I, said, I understand that these are your friends, but I need you to be the one who's influencing others, not the one who's being influenced. And if we put ourselves, if we're not careful, and we put ourselves with the wrong group of people all the time, it's easy. We're trying to be the ones doing the influencing, but we're the one influenced and turned the other way. So the fellowship was so important in the first church. It was, such, it was a glue that kept everything together. The third thing first church was devoted to in the same verse 
Acts 2.42. Get back there again. Sorry, guys. Um, after it says they, have voted, they devoted themselves to the apostles' doctrine, to the fellowship, and, they dev- and it says they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Now, I looked at this and I thought, wasn't that just fellowship? They were eat- Sounds like they were eating together, right? They weren't just eating together. They devoted themselves to the Lord's Supper that the Lord, that Jesus had uh, put in place before his death. They were breaking bread. This wasn't a four times a year or once every other month. I'm, I don't know how often they were doing this. I'd have to go back and I could do research and probably find out. But they, they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. Um, in 1 Corinthians, here I am in 1 Corinthians. In 1 Corinthians 11.26, it says this. For as often as you eat this bread and this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. This is just right after Jesus had instituted the Lord's Supper. No, this is not right after that. Sorry. This is not right after that. But this was, this was said. After, this, he did say that. He said, do this often in remembrance of me. Right after he, in, he instituted the Lord's Supper, he put it in place so we don't forget what Jesus did for us. Yes, he did lots of things. He showed us peace, patience, gentleness, kindness, all those fruits of the Spirit that I was talking about earlier. But the m- most important thing he did for us was he came, he lived a perfect life that we couldn't live he give his life in our place on a cross. His body and his blood. His body was broken and his blood was spilt so we could be forgiven for our sins. Said, so do this in remembrance of me. And here again, like I said in Acts, in 1 Corinthians eleven twenty six, 26, that for as often, I'm going to read it one more time. For as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he returns. We are proclaiming and we are celebrating that Jesus Christ died on a cross and rose again for us. And we do it until the day he returns. And he is coming back one day. Can I get an amen? That's right. He's coming back one day. He, he's coming back for us. And we as the church, if we keep doing these things, if we devote ourselves to these first three so far, we're going to be on the right path and we're going to grow and we're going to bring new people in and we're going to bring new people to the faith and we're going to spread the gospel preparing it, preparing the world for the return of Jesus. The fourth thing, fourth and last thing that the first church devoted themselves to. Guess what verse that's in? Still in Acts 2.42. Acts 2.42 again. After he said that they devoted the, they were steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine and in fellowship and in the breaking of bread. And here's a big one. In prayers. They devoted themselves in prayer. We get so caught up in our daily lives. Sometimes we forget 
Anybody in here ever forget to talk to God one day? I know I have. Just get busy. You get life, you get life gets a hold of you, and you forget that, hey, life was all about me today. But guess what? Life was all about God today. It was all about Jesus, our Savior, what He did for us. This first church, they devoted themselves to prayer. Constantly, constantly praying to God. A couple of verses I'm going to read here. Psalms 145, 18 says this. The Lord is near to all who call upon Him. To all who call upon Him in truth. If you call on the name of the Lord and you call on Jesus, guess where He's at? He's near and He's close to you. God's word is inerrant. Nothing, everything in here is the truth. Nothing is a lie. And it says right here, once again, let's do it again. The Lord, the first part, the Lord is near to all who call on him. I don't know about you, but I want to be near the Lord all the time. Because when I'm near the Lord, I feel safe. I feel comfort because I am in my Father's arms. Um, and you say, Why? Well, listen to this. Four, Philippians 4, 6. Back here toward the back. Says this. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God, and the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. I don't know about y'all, but that is good news to me because it says, be anxious for nothing. I'm guilty of letting my anxieties run my life. It says, but it says, be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be known to God. Listen, don't be afraid to go to God with things. Take your request to God. And it says, if you do that, the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds through Jesus Christ. Listen, one more time. It says, and the peace of God, which we can't, we can't fully understand because it says right there, which surpasses all understanding. We can't understand how sometimes if we just turn something over to God that He's going to take care of it. Because I, if, if you're anything like me, I feel like if there's a problem going on, i got to take care of it by myself. i got to go out. i got to fix whatever the problem is, whatever it may be. i got to go out. If I've made somebody mad, if I've hurt somebody's feelings, if I've tore, broke something, i got to go out and i got to fix it. But if we turn it over to God and we put those things in the hand of God, listen, we still got to do, we still got work to do. But when we put those things over to God and we give it to God first, He's going to give us clear direction. And we just have to listen. There's a clear direction on what to do, where to go, how to solve our problems. Now, are we going to get them right away? Maybe not, because God's not a genie where we can just rub His lamp and say, hey, I want this. God is the God of the universe. And His timing surpasses everything that we want. 
His will surpasses everything that we want. Even Jesus, before he was crucified, was in the garden and he prayed, Lord, he said, I'm paraphrasing here, but he said, Lord, if there's any other way, let's do that. He said, is there any way to let this cup pass me? Is there any other way, Lord? I know I got to die, but if there's any other way, let's think about it. But then he said, God, it's not what I want, not my will, but your will. And we forget that. So, go back over them again. The first church, they devoted themselves to Scripture. They devoted themselves to fellowship with other believers. And they devoted themselves to the breaking of bread. And they devoted themselves to prayer. Now when I said evaluate earlier. Because we're not, not necessarily saying that we've done anything wrong. But we step back in our lives. And we look. And we say. Are we doing this? If you are. Great. Keep it up. Playing these roles in the church. Keep it up. If this is something that you need to work on in 2024, as we get ready to close here in a minute, I urge you not to leave here today without coming to the altar, coming to talk to somebody and saying, listen, this year I want to fully devote myself as part of the church. I want to fully devote myself to these things. So I can see big things happen this year. I also want to share with you a story. It's kind of off the, off the subject of that. That I heard this week. That I thought was really amazing. Um, I was listening to Focus on the Family. Anybody here listen to that? I caught the last of it. I don't know who was speaking. I meant to go back and listen to it. And I didn't get to listen. I didn't listen to the whole thing yet. I, we all caught the last of it. But there was a some ancient Japanese pottery that was found. And it was broken pottery that had been pieced back together. And it was worth more than a piece of Japanese pottery in the time that was still in full, never been broken. It was still mint. And I, and I thought, well, that's weird. Why, why is it worth more? Because this pottery that had been broken, they didn't believe in throwing things away and wasting things. They would take it and they would take a glue, a epoxy-like substance. They would give it over to the pottery master or whoever was making the pottery and they would mix it with, a gold, with a, uh, some gold and they would piece it back together. And it made it stronger than it was before. How that is, I don't understand. But I said a while ago, like I said a while ago, God's peace is beyond all understanding. It made it stronger than it was before. And the speaker said, I tell you that to tell you this. We think we got our life fixed. But until we realize that we're broken and we give the broken pieces over to the master to let him begin to put us back together. We're never going to be as strong as God wants us to be. That's another encouragement I want to give you. If you're looking for something, if you're broken, if you're lost, if you're looking for answers,
coming into this new year, coming into 2024, if you're thinking, I want this year to be different than any other year in my life, God has the power to do it. But you have to give him the broken pieces of your life because we're all broken. We're all messed up. We all fall short of the glory of God. You have to be willing to give that over to God and let the master take the pieces of your life into his hand and he can put them back together. And he can give you a completeness. He can give you a wholeness. He can make you stronger than you've ever been before. I encourage you not to walk out these doors today if you're feeling if you're feeling God pulling on you in any way. Whatever it is, I'll be down front. The altar's here if you want to pray. We'll play as many verses of this as we need to. Don't leave out of here today without making it right with God. Let's bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer. God, thank you so much for this day. Thank you for your scripture that we can go back and we can evaluate our lives. We can evaluate our church. We can evaluate the things around us and look and make sure that we're doing things the way you said for us to do it. God, I pray that as we uh, go into this year, Lord, that we're ready to do things different. We're ready to put you first in everything that we do. Lord, I, be, I pray that you be with each one of these, uh, each, each man, woman, uh, teenager, and youth that's here today, Lord, as we go into this year. That, they're pre- that, you, that you crowd their lives with your presence. That they feel you everywhere they go, every step they take, and every breath they take. All this I ask in the name of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. Would you stand as we sing our hymn of invitation? Page 387, Blessed Be the Tide. Let's be the tide that binds our hearts in Christian love, of fellowship, of kindred bonds. It is like to bear Thank you guys for coming today. Just a reminder, we are back to our regular schedule this week. Youth, children, and uh, adult Bible study, 6.30. Adults in here, youth and children down at the building. Uh, Don't forget those things. I'm going to ask, I believe, Dan to close us in prayer today. And I hope you guys have a wonderful week. Artie will be back in town this afternoon. If you need him, you need me, you need Sandra this week, don't hesitate to give us a call. Let's pray. Dear Father, Lord, we just thank you again, Lord, that we can just come and just fellowship together, Lord, and just, most important, just come and worship you. Dear Lord, I pray and I thank you for the message you, that you uh, presented through Chad this morning. Lord, I do uh, pray that we would reevaluate our hearts, Lord, our spiritual walk with you, Lord, and 
Like we talked about discipleship this morning, Lord, surrender. We talked about surrendering any, any and everything over to you, Lord. And Lord, I pray that if there are things in our life, whether it be sin, whether it be our jobs, or whatever it may be that's hindering our walk with you, dear Lord, that we would surrender it all. Lord, just give it all up to you, Lord. Surrender means to give up to one's, uh, someone else's authority, dear Lord. And we need to surrender completely to your authority. Lord, I just pray that we would do that, as Chad was saying, to do a reevaluation of our life, dear Lord, of our spiritual walk with you, Lord. I just pray for each member here, Lord, and those who are watching and those who are out of town, Lord, that we would just take the time this week, Lord, to just do that, Lord, and just to focus, refocus on you, Lord. Just ask us in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you.